This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Again, I'm Bernard Scott. I'm from Tampa, Florida, originally from Niagara Falls, New York. And uh, I um, have been in Tampa since 1995, and I'm here with my beautiful, gorgeous wife, Queen Elizabeth, sitting over here next to <laughs> TJ. And uh, we're, we're glad to be here with you. Um, uh, I believe that God knows exactly what he's doing. And the, the title of the message today is More Than What I See. And you've got to understand that what you see is not all that there is. What you see is not all that there is. There's a whole lot more going on to than just this life of what we're, what we're living and what we can actually see. There's more going on. And, and I read these passages of Scripture, and as I read the Bible, there are three words that I see that describe God throughout the Scriptures. One, he's omniscient. Omniscient means he's all-knowing. The second one is he's omnipresent. That means that God is present everywhere. The third one is he's omnipotent. Which, or omnipotent, which means that God is always full of power. And we are like God. We're not equal to him, but we're like him in the fact that he leaks some of himself into us in a certain measure. Within God, there is literally the potential for everything that is or ever will be. Within God, there's the potential for everything. God in the beginning when there was nothing contained everything that we'll ever see What we have seen, what we'll ever see, and what will ever come to pass, all of that was in God from the very beginning. In fact, if you met God on the highway of nothing, on the corner of nowhere, before there was anything, and you shook his hand, you would literally be shaking your hand with everything. You'd be shaking hands with potential. Why? Because before anything was created, God was there. And everything that we see, from the chairs you sit on to this building, God saw it before it was ever created. And what I love about God is he took some of himself and leaked it in you. And so some of the things that God saw way back before anything came to pass is still being created because he puts those things that he sees in you. And man begins to create. So creation is still happening because we were created by the creator. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, and that now, and what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Everything that man sees first existed in an invisible state. But invisible doesn't mean that it was non-existent. It was there. And so we know that by faith we believe. So just because it was invisible doesn't mean that it was non-existent. Everything existed and God just spoke out what he already saw. He called it forth from an invisible state and there it was. When God looks at you, he sees things that everybody else ignores. When God looks at you, he sees things that everybody else ignores. So here's the deal. Watch this. In the beginning, God. And in the beginning, 
God, before he created and everything that he was creating, he begins to create from a source. Everything that's created has a source. Whatever God spoke to became the source from which that created thing came from. And in God, you don't have to be, try to be somebody. In God's eyes, you are somebody. Because he sees things that everybody else ignores. Why? He created you. And so the thing that I have to understand is all things are composed of whatever they came from, and hence they contain the potential of that source. They contain the potential of that source. So if God, the one that is all-powerful, the creator of the universe, leaked you out, he created you out of himself, and he leaked some of himself into you, the only thing that can limit your potential is the one that created you. Now watch this. God, when he wanted fish, he spoke to the water. He said, let the water bring forth fish. And so sharks, barracuda, all them things I don't care about, he created. I don't get in the ocean, not just because I'm black, just because I don't like all that stuff I can't see. But when, I, when, when you look at that, you take a fish out of the water, and what happens to it? It dies. Fillet that joker, put some batter on it, put it on, fry it up. I'm telling you right now, it was created, and the potential of that fish is to satisfy my belly. You take a fish out of the water, and it dies. Why? Because the fish's source of life is in the water. When he spoke to the plants, the trees, the vegetation, the animals, he spoke to the earth. And he said, let the earth bring forth vegetation. And every animal after its kind. And so when you take a, a plant or a tree out of the water, you take an animal out of its environment, what happens to it? It dies. Why? Because its source of life is in the earth. But something unique happened when he created us. He didn't speak to the earth. He didn't speak to the stars. He didn't speak to the moon. He didn't speak to anything else that was created. He spoke to himself. And he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So God did this. He looked in the mirror. And he said, self, man. Self, man. And he literally, as he's looking at his image, he creates you to be that image. And so literally, when God looks at you, it's like he's looking in a mirror. You say, wow. So when someone tells you you're ugly, say, hold up, wait up, wait, wait, wait. If I'm ugly, God's ugly. What you going to do about that? Right? <laughs> you're created in the image of God. And so literally what is in God, he put in you. And when you trust Christ, you literally invite the creator into your life, and that same potential, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives and abides on the inside of you, and you now have the ability to do things that you never thought you'd be able to do. You now have potential on the inside of you that cannot be limited by man. It can't be hindered by man, and it cannot be facilitated by anybody else but you and you alone because the creator knows why he created you. So that means you will never discover who you were meant to be if you use another person to find yourself. You'll never know why, 
what you can do by using what I've done to measure your ability. You'll never know why you exist if you use my existence to measure it. You are who you are because God took you out of, your, out of himself. If you want to know who you are, you must look to the creator and not to creation. You've got to look to the creator and not to creation. See, media wants to tell you who you are, what you can do, what time you can do it, and all these kind of things. And it's great to have people to look up to, but it's not great to look up to people to tell you who you are because they didn't create you, nor did they put the potential on the inside of you. God put it on the inside of you. He's the ultimate one that you should look up to. Because he knows why he created you and he knows what he put on the inside of you. Our potential is that dormant ability. It's that reserved power. It's that untapped strength, and it's that unused success that God has designed for each and every one of us to have. I was listening on my way down here to this lady who's a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever. What is it? Scientist. She's brilliant. Too brilliant for me. But I'm going to try to get brilliant like her because I understand that, that she was given these amazing stats. And she said most people uh, only live up to about 6% of their brain. And that's like when you look at 6% of the brain and we're 100% capacity, we're pretty dumb. <laughs> right? When you look at it that way. But this is what she said. That out of the closest 6 billion people on the planet, most people die having used under 6% of their brain. And she said an amazing statistic out of the 6, six point something, 60 million people will use over 6%, six, will use 6 to 8% of their brain capacity. 60 million out of the 6 billion will use either 6 to 8% of their brain. And that's like the real smart people. And then she said this, as she was giving these stats, these numbers, I was just like, oh, can you just break that down? Because I'm just, I can't understand all of that scientific language. And she said, basically, your brain has the capacity to hold, to maintain 3 million years of information. Your brain. So when God created you, he created this, this brain in you. And she said, your brain never gets old. It just matures. So the wiser you get, and the more you, she was talking about, the more you think, the more you use your brain and you think right, the more potential you get out of your brain because it matures and all this kind of stuff. I was just like blown away. But it showed me this, that God put so much potential on the inside of you, you need at least three million years to get it out. So what that says to me is the 70, 80, 90 years that you have on earth isn't all there is. There's more than what we see. Because there's 3 million years right here, y'all. I just got to let you know. I got three, at least 3 million years here. And we'll be discovering the true potential that God's put on us even when we cross into eternity. When we get to heaven, we're not going to be sitting on clouds with fat baby angels singing kumbaya. It's not going to be like that. We're still going to be releasing the potential that God's put on the inside of us. And we'll be using even more of our brain to communicate with God and process everything that God's going to show us. I cannot wait.
Don't send me there yet. I'm not ready. But I can't wait. I begin to realize that I'm filled with seeds of greatness. Seeds of greatness. The Word of God is a seed. If I was to bring in a, an orange seed and I asked you, hey, what is this? You would say, uh, it's an orange seed if you, were, if you knew your seeds. And I'd be like, well, no, it's actually an orchard. Because within that seed is a tree. And that tree produces oranges. And that oranges produces, those oranges produce other seeds that produce other trees, which produce other oranges. And so you see that the power in that seed is literally an orchard, not just a seed. And so the word of God is a seed. Jesus Christ, when you receive him into your life, is the seed that's planted on the inside of you that is great. The Bible says he's great and he's greatly to be praised. And so this greatness comes in the inside of you. And all of a sudden, as the spirit of God waters that seed, there's a greatness that comes up out of you because you were developed and created to be great. You were meant to be great. God designed you for greatness. But the enemy comes and he says, you're nothing. You're not supposed to be anything. You're stupid. You're this, you're that. And you hear all of these negative things that are spoken over your life, your entire life. And I want you to know that nothing that people say matters. What matters is what God says about you because he created you and he knows the potential that he's put on the inside of you. So I'm filled with seeds of greatness. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10, out of the Amplified Bible, It's amplified, so it's going to get loud for a minute, okay? And it says this, and God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating. (laughs) I ain't going to go there. (laughs) Will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. People who die without achieving their full potential rob their generation of their latent ability. And to die with ability is irresponsible. The richest place on earth is the cemeteries because it's full of people who died with stuff that was never released. God didn't stop creating in the beginning. His creativity and what's in him is so much, he created people so that they can keep creating what he wanted, what he saw in the very beginning. So when you die, before releasing what God put in you, God has to find someone else to birth what he put you here for. That's deep. That's worth an amen. No man can climb beyond the limitations of his own belief. What you see is not all there is. There's something in everything. What you've done is no longer your potential. Potential is what you can do, but you have not yet done. And potential, the potential of a thing is only related to its source. It's only related to its source. And when I began to realize our culture and our education system somehow began to try to convince a good portion of our population that we came from some little thing. And if you believe that, then your potential is limited to that little thing. 
But if you believe that you were created in the image of God and God spoke you out of himself, then if, he is, if his potential and his power is unlimited, then you have this unlimited potential and power on the inside of you. And the enemy spends all of his time to make sure you never discover what that is. So he uses circumstances, people. He uses all kinds of things, drama, bad relationships. Anybody ever been hurt? Don't lift your hand. Anybody ever been hurt? You go through these things, and I'm telling you, these things are designed to cap your potential. It's it designed to keep you from ever discovering who you really are. And if you allow these circumstances and if you allow what people have said and, and all these things and you don't allow yourself to get healed and get over those things, you'll never discover what God really created you to be. And I challenge you to do this, is to realize that you are full of the greatness of God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you can overcome anything. You can overcome anything. Why? Because the overcomer lives on the inside of you. Jesus came to overcome the world. In fact, the scripture says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 37 out of the New King James, it says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It'd be great if it says we were just conquerors, but it says we're more than conquerors. I don't understand how that works, but I know this. God, who is Jesus, who is the conqueror, comes into our life, and his power mixed with our power, his authority mixed with our authority, all of a sudden makes us more than a conqueror. One could put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And somehow God inside of me gives me this ability, and you can only go as far as you believe. Your own belief limit your potential. And so often we put God in a box. We put our own selves in a box. Because cultures told us, no, this is what you can do, and you can't do this. You can't do this, you can't do this. But when I began to read the word of God, which is a seed that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That seed overrides the seed that everyone else plants and says, you can't do that. I'm filled with seeds of greatness. I am an overcomer. Human potential without godly purpose produces self-destruction. If you don't know why, what, why you have all this potential and you try to go uh, after and do things your own way, what begins to happen is you abuse the very thing that God created you to do. In fact, I'll put it this way. If I took a DVD player and I wanted some toast and I put bread in that DVD player, would I get toast? Why? The potential the purpose of that DVD player is to play DVDs, not to toast bread. And so if I tried to stick bread in it, I would be abusing that DVD player. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but everything that I've bought that needs to be put together comes with an instruction manual. As long as you follow that instruction manual, you can put together anything. And most guys, we just don't read the manual. We just kind of figure it out. And then what I end up doing is if, if I mess it up, I get somebody else to fix what I messed up. God gave us an instruction manual. Because it's hard sometimes to figure out this life. So God gives us the word of God. 
And he says, here's your manual. If you just follow this manual, you'll be able to maximize the potential for what I created you for. A car, a vehicle, has the potential to do, depending on what kind of car you have, 130, 40, 50, 60, 200 plus miles, depending on what kind of car you have. If you have a car that goes over 200 miles per hour, I want to see you after the service. But we don't ever maximize the potential of our vehicles. And if you do, we need to talk after the service, right? And man imposes these what we call speed limits. And these speed limits are for your protection. And, and so we, we, in these vehicles that have the potential to do much more, but we cap the potential by putting a limit on it. And you may go over by 10, 20 miles an hour, it depends. But it doesn't mean that the car doesn't have the potential to do more. And it's very much like religion. It sounds like religion to me. There is a, there's potential on the inside of you. And understand this, that religion is man's way of reaching God. Okay? It's our way of reaching God. We impose these things and say, if I do this, then God will do this. And God says, ah, I've came for a relationship and I put something on the inside of you and man can't limit what is on the inside of you. And so if you look to religion to uh, connect you with a living God, then you are looking to something that is a very bad God. It's an idol. And religion can never measure up because it'll continue to let man down because religion didn't create you, God did. That'll preach. Whatever you seek first organizes the rest of your life. Whatever you seek first organizes the rest of your life. So if you seek drama, guess what's going to organize your life? Drama. If you seek money, guess what's going to organize the rest of your life? Money. If you seek love, guess what's going to organize the rest of your life? Love. And you'll find it in all the wrong places. But the Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of these things will be added unto you. What you have to understand is that you don't need things to enjoy life. You need life to enjoy things. You don't need things to enjoy life. And i got to say this because you live in this culture down here in, in South Florida, and it's prevalent all over the nation, but specifically down here, this culture that is led by materialism and greed. And it's all about having things. And I want to let you know something, that everything is going to burn up, but the only thing that won't burn up is life, true life, which comes from Jesus Christ. I am going to live forever. And so whatever you seek first literally will organize the rest of your life. If you seek Christ, if you seek the kingdom of God first, then all of these things will be added unto you and you'll be able to enjoy the things because the things don't own you. You own the things. Can I get a witness? <laughs> the overcomer lives on the inside of you. God always sees what men and women only look at. What would the world look like? What would the world have, lo would have lost if you've not been born? If you weren't born, what would the world have lost? What is the world lacking because you fail to live out your potential? The key to understanding life is in the source of life, not in life itself. 
You are who you are because God took you literally out of himself. And if you want to know who you are, you must look to the creator and not creation. When God sees you, he sees something that nobody else ever sees. In fact, there's a story, and in the story there's this um, man having a yard sale. Anybody ever been to a yard sale or had a yard sale or garage sale, whatever? We like them. If you have one, especially down here in South Florida, let me know because my wife goes to them all the time. We'll come down and get some good stuff from y'all, right? In his yard sale, he's sitting on, his, on this tree stump, and this tree stump was pretty old and bruised up because he never used it for anything but to sit on and work on. He never did anything with it. It's a big tree stump. And so the neighbor comes by and he looks at him sitting on a tree stump and he says, hey, he says, uh, is that stump for sale? And he says, uh, this old thing, this is just junk, man. I'm just, I just use this to sit on whatever. He says, why would you want to buy this? And he says, ah, oh, looks pretty, I could do something with that. And he's like, I'm not going to sell it to you. You can have it. So the neighbor loads up the tree stump, takes it home, and he sets the stump down. And when he sets it down, he, he looks at it. And as he's looking at it, he's studying because he sees something in that old tree stump that someone threw away. He takes a hammer and a chisel, and he begins to chip away at it. And as he chips away at it, he creates this beautiful sculpture of an eagle. And he's so proud of it, he takes it and he puts it out on his front porch for display. And later on that month, the guy he took the tree stump from is walking his dog by in front of his house and he stops and he sees this beautiful eagle and he walks up and he says, dude, that's incredible. He says, where'd you get that? He's like, man, are you selling that? And he said, uh, well, if I sold it, how much would you buy for it, buy, pay for it? He says, man, I'd give you 500 bucks for that. I work in art and that's an incredible sculpture. 500 bucks? I'll take it. He didn't know the entire time he was sitting on $500. He thought it was a piece of junk. And sometimes that's what happens with us. People discard you because they think that you're drunk. They don't give you any credit. They just say, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. But God sees in you what nobody else sees. And he, if you let him, he'll literally chisel away and he'll, he'll bring out of you something that was bru uh, uh, bruised, something that was just thrown out by, by humanity, something that was talked about, something that really wasn't given much of a chance at life. God says, if you allow me to, I will chisel away all of, every negative word that's been spoken over your life. I'll chisel away every bad experience in your life and I will form you and I will shape you into what I created you to be. And your value will then be what I have seen it to be, not what anybody else sees it to be. God always sees what men and women only look at. In a manger, God saw a king. In a servant, he saw a savior. And in a sacrifice, he saw salvation. In a crucifixion, he saw a resurrection. And in death, God was working at life. In defeat, God's always looking at victory. I want to close with this. You were made to flourish in dry seasons. And I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you've ever been in one of those dry places in your life where it just seems like nothing is really coming together. And it's just dry. 
The Bible says this in Isaiah 58, verse 11, and the Amplified. It says, and the Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy you in drought and in dry places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. I want you to know that the potential of a thing is determined by the demands made on it by the one who made it. Oliver Wendell Holmes said this. He said, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. A man can discover new oceans. He can't discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. God wants you to see what he sees. He wants you to know that there's more than what you see, that there's more than what we're actually experiencing in life. There's a supernatural realm. There's a heaven. There's this host of angels. There's this host of heaven that is fighting for you to discover who you are and what you can do. And they're willing to operate on your behalf if you only just believe that God is for you and he's not against you. He wants to help you to overcome. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be above and not beneath. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God's not trying to make you into something. He's trying to expose the real you he already sees. He pronounces what he sees. In Peter, he saw a rock. His name was Simon. And Simon literally means unstable. It means flaky. If your name's Simon, I'm sorry. But Jesus sees Simon fishing and he says, Simon, follow me. And then he says, I'm going to change your name to Peter, which means rock. And on your revelation, Peter, I'm going to build my church. In the whole three years, he's dealing with Peter, and Peter was constantly fumbling over his words. He even denied Jesus three times. He was just unstable. He was goofy. He wasn't all there. He wasn't right. But yet Jesus saw something in Peter, and he pronounced what he sees, and he says, Peter, you're my disciple. Follow me. And he says, Peter, the church is going to be built on your revelation. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit comes down and Peter gets up and he preaches to thousands of people. In that day, 3,000 people give their life to Christ. It was the beginning of what we call the church. He used the guy that, was, that everyone called unstable, everyone called flaky, everyone looked at as just the guy that was just kind of off to create this thing that we now call the church. God sees in you what nobody else sees. And he calls the things that he sees, he calls them forth. When Gideon was hiding, being a coward, afraid for his life, God comes to him and says, Gideon, mighty warrior. Even though he was being a coward, God didn't call him a coward. He calls him what he sees. And he says, I see a warrior. And I don't know what, it, what lie has been told you today. I don't know what... Lie, you may even be believing about yourself, but I challenge you to believe what God says about you. Because his word has the power to create in you what he already has seen before anything else was created. I want us to do this as I close. With, I want us to make this declaration, and I want you to repeat this after me. 
And this declaration is very simple. And, it, it's, it's, and, and you have to open your mouth. A declaration is when you declare something. You declare something. You say, this is what it is. And, we, and, and this, is, this is why this is really important. I feel led to say this. We are like God in the sense that when God created, he spoke. You have the same ability. You have to be careful what you say because what you speak creates. If you speak negative, you create negative atmosphere around you. Okay? Everybody understand that? If you speak if you speak positive, you create positive things around you. You have to be careful what you speak. And so we're going to declare a thing today. And so I'm going to want you to open your mouth because you may say, well, that's not true about me. But if you declare it, it will create something around you. It will create an atmosphere for you. So this is what we're going to do. If you have the ability, we're going to declare this with our voice together. I'll say it, and then you just repeat after me. Or is it up there? Oh, perfect. We can just read it together. Let's do that. Can we do that? One, two, three. Because I am filled with seeds of greatness, I am content knowing God's promises are for me. I realize that I am an overcomer, and I am made to flourish in dry seasons. I embrace that I am created to make a difference. Father, help me to reach my full potential that you have placed inside me. My desire is to be all that you desire. May I fulfill your plan for my life in Jesus' name. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to come and trust him. It starts, the potential on the inside of you is waiting for this decision. It's waiting for you to acknowledge that you have something on the inside of you that will literally transform your life. And so if you're here today and you say, I want to trust Christ, I want to receive him into my life, would you just lift your hand? Is there anybody here? Say, I want to trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Just lift it up for a second so I can see it. Thank you. Anybody else? You can put your hand down. Is there anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? I want you to pray this. If you lifted your hand or should have lifted your hand, I want you to pray this right where you're seated in your heart. God knows your heart. So I want you to say this, Father, I've been living beneath my potential. I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that he gave his life so that I can have life. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here, everyone with your head still bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray a general prayer over every single person here. I pray that, God, you would release, help them to discover their potential. I pray that this church would experience, God, an abundance of witty ideas and inventions, that there would be such an increase as a result of people stepping into their full potential. That God, this church would see that Pastor TJ, everything that he sees, that God, it would come to pass because the people of God are realizing who they are and what they have. And that as individual personal growth takes place, the outward uh, reflection of that is that this house will grow and reach this city and there will be a great harvest here. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. 
For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.